And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Uh, I would like to start the show, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, by reading an email. Okay. Um, and it comes to us. You should do that, DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. Thank you. Uh, and it comes to us from one of our DDT besties. His name is Pav. Okay. And Pav, the title of the email is hashtag Mansonomics. Disclaimer. This isn't an indirect way to bring back Nerd DC. This is Nerd Pav. Doc Life. Isn't that basic Mansonomics? Isn't that basic Mansonomics? Doc Life. In the words of Mrs. Manson, Oscar, yes. But I say no, like the toilet sound in the theme of Samoa Joe. Doc Life. Going to the lab, I'm about to dab. That's right, time to dab in the lab. Breakfast with NAI, DC put it on his tab. Doc Life. Once upon a time, DC's mic fell on his head. Doc laughed until his face became red. Remember when a private earful was a thing? Like when Rick Ross released Ring Ring, Doc Life. Get sad, get grumpy. I'm the nope of negativity. Wonder if Sasha's teeth whitening causes tooth sensitivity, Doc Life. We are DDT Wrestling. You provide the email, we provide the detail. DC Matthews, do you study Mansonomics? Fun, fun, fun fact number one. The yo-yo originated as a weapon in the Philippine Islands during the 16th century. From Pav. Do I study Mansonomics? Uh, no. Um, but I thank you for the email. I, I do not study Mansonomics. I tried... And much like Math 102 and Bio 102, I did poorly. Yeah, that happens. Uh, what do you think of Nerd Pav there, Doc Manson? I think there's something to this uh, Doc Life basic Mansonomics thing. Uh, there, there's definitely a kernel here, um, and I, I certainly hope that um, Nerd DC finds a way to run with this. Fair enough. How are you, sir? I am tired. Woo! Am I tired? It's been a week. What's What's been going on in the life of Doc Manson? I'm coming over tomorrow. We're going to record a bunch more DC and Doc Talk, so this show should probably stay as wrestling-focused as possible, but I haven't talked to you since we had breakfast with the New Age Insiders, Bill Neville, Chip, and Dylan. Mm. Though I suppose mm. Dylan didn't stay for the whole... D Dylan came late and ate some of Maltov's pancakes, which sounds dirtier than I intended it to be. But um, <laughs> how, how has your week been? And then we'll discuss the breakfast itself. Uh, my week was busy. This is the final sort of period of time before everything uh, yes, ramps they back they up. They move in. They move in on this weekend. Yeah, so it, yes, it's yes, busy. Yes, yes, okay. It's busy. Did you spend any time this weekend uh, or this week? having to find a place to house your fetal pigs. 
No, no, we, we, we have a place to house them that is dedicated uh, to housing them. So we are good. We are good in that regard. Okay. And the world sleeps better. Absolutely. But yeah, so, you know, this is when um, graduate students now have come back. Their contracts have started. We're doing our orientation meetings, um, you know, organizing for the semester. So it's been a busy week, lots of meetings, you know, lots of organizing, a lot of planning, a lot of filling out schedules and uh, meeting many, people, et cetera, et cetera. We, we don't need to dive in to the minutiae of your job too, too much, though we are a duo that seems to enjoy the minutiae. But how many uh, graduate students are under your purview? Uh, about 50. Wow. Yeah. You're a manager of men. Indeed, and I women, am. I would assume. Well, um, yes, yes, actually, quite a few of them. What is the ratio? Um, is it fifty-fifty-ish? More like seven. It's, it's close to fifty-fifty. If anything, I would say it's probably skewed towards uh, the female population. Is that a is that a trend? Is it is it um, just a you know? Well, it's <laughs> it's biology, and biology actually does tend to be a. Uh, a female-dominated science. So. Okay. As, a, as an elementary school person, we have conversations quite frequently about how to inspire our female students to get into the maths and the sciences. So it is good to know that biology is one area in which they, they lean. So, all right. So, a busy week, but the work week is over for you. I know you have things to do in the morning, but I I will be there. I'm debating bringing Oreos, not even flavored ones. I want to feel. I feel like I need to kind of rekindle the spark of enjoyment for just a regular run of the mill plain Jane Oreo. Well, while the thought of that does disgust me, um, I will say uh, I think B Rob on his Instagram uh, posted a photo. I could be wrong, but I think it was B-Rob. Posted a photo of the peanut butter and jelly Oreos. And um, I looked at those and I said, oh, I could go for one of those. <laughs> so so I think things, Slowly, things are happening. You're crawling back. Yeah, we're, we're, crawling it's, back. we're headed back. Down Oreo right. lane. Um, we did something unusual for us. Uh, or at least if I, I felt like it was unusual for me. Maybe you do this all the time. Um, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm always meeting strange people <laughs> off the Internet uh, and uh, having we, breakfast we, with them for two hours. That, I always do that. That's a I, regular thing in my life. I have a very small social circle of which you play a central role. And it is very rare do that I? I branch out. You do. Am I really central or am I peripheral? Because I don't no, feel like we see each other that much. But usually if I see GQ, you're there. Quite often, if I see Tall Guy, you're there. So No, again, I feel like you see Tall Guy more than I do. I think you and Tall Guy, now, while I have absconded with GQ, I feel like you and Tall Guy now have, have sort of have paired off. Um, so, so we each have stolen our childhood... Amigos, is that what it is? I guess so, except I'm not sure GQ really was your childhood amigo. No, it wasn't until high school. Yeah, so. But yeah, but, I, I do sort of but, feel like that's the case. And I, and I, I, I have a feel. I just have this feeling that you have this this other life, this other group of friends or, or something, because 
knowing the amount of social activity that you engage in, at least, again, that I'm involved with, I, I feel like that can't possibly be all that you do. We are kind of hermits, but next week I re-enter a world in which I am social eight to nine hours a day, pretty much nonstop. So I think that's also part of it, is we get we get to the summer and we just sort of hibernate for a while. I'm not sure that I would count anything you do as part of your job as being social. Like, I mean, okay, like, I grant you, you have to talk to the people. You have to probably go, you have to probably put a smiley face on, you have to be the Pope of positivity about most of the things that you do. I get that. But, I mean, I do that also. I mean, as you just said, I am a manager of folk. And so, I mean, I do have to manage personalities. I'm talking with people pretty much nonstop. That's a big part of my job. But I wouldn't call anything I do from, you know, 8.30 to 4.30 as social. But isn't there small talk that happens? Oh, of course. Well, but isn't that socializing in its own way? I mean, I guess, except I don't consider any of those people friends. But, I mean, I guess you don't have to be with friends to be being social. Maybe that's where my definition is falling down. And, and I don't do – and, again, we're, we're getting off track here. And, by the way, I haven't been able to see you for, like, a minute and a half. Oh, um, good. But that's fine. I can still hear you fine. Um, I see you and Mrs. Manson. I see GQ intermittently. Um, I see, I do see tall guy and Mrs. Tall guy and little tall guy. Um, not often, but somewhat. Hey, you're back. Besides the occasional random other visit, we don't do a whole lot else. You know, that big college group that we had that you were on the periphery of with the Fink and others of that ilk. (laughs) I don't think I've ever heard you use that name before. It was the only way I could think to name this person that you you would immediately know who I was talking about without mentioning their name on the show. So, I but we don't see those people. They got together, I think, a week or so ago for some play that somebody was doing, and at no point did we even consider going. Hmm. So, all right, we, I wouldn't say we are antisocial. We just have a small circle of friends. We're not antisocial. We just aren't social. I feel like I'm social enough. I I agree. Whatever we amount you back- think is sufficient i agree is thank you unequivocally enough so having said that to go out and meet three or four people that you only know through the internet now granted i we interact via social media on a daily basis Uh, maybe you do i'm speaking again for myself but um well, how did you how did you feel? That was that was a, that was a new thing for me. It felt like it was a relatively new thing for you. Uh, you went, you sat, you ate, you chatted with these people whom you don't again speak to all the time. But Bill Neville, Jason Maltov, Chip K. Fabe, Dylan. Well, what, what did, you, did you enjoy yourself? I did enjoy myself. Um, so first impressions, I thought 
I thought that Jason Molotov would be taller. I, I don't know why, but I, I, di- I, I thought he would be closer to 6'4". Really? I don't know why, but I, I totally, I totally okay. thought so. Uh, even just from the photos I had seen of him, for some reason, I thought he was, I thought he was a taller gentleman. Okay. Um, not to say that he's short. He's not. Like I don't want to paint the picture that he's, you know, four no. foot ten or something. He's not. But he's he's, he's probably our ta- size. Yeah, he's probably taller than I am. I mean, I'm not that tall. Um, yeah, but he's not taller than you by like he might be an inch or two tall. Right. That's. I, I thought he would be much taller. Um, <laughs> Bill Neville um, was exactly. What I had pictured. Um, in fact, he talked as much as I thought that he would. He is he is a quieter guy. Yeah. Like at one point he just – and this is no – if he listens to this, this is no dig on him. No. But at no. one point he pulled out his phone and was just doing his thing. And I'm like, is he searching for an audio drop? Like is he going to start putting random things just in the conversation? Absolutely. So. Um, I, I will say, uh, you know, so like – uh, second impressions, Jason Molotov. Uh, I mean, and this is this is maybe something that I knew, you know, from having listened to uh, the New Age Insider podcast, from having interacted with him. But you know, it, it was it was somehow majorly solidified by being there, you know, all together in person, and and that that observation is that man can talk. Yes. That man has the gift of gab. He ate. Now, maybe he didn't like his apple cinnamon pancakes. Maybe he had eaten already. He ate half of one. And then Dylan, when Dylan got there, ate like the other half. And, you know, you and I made short work of our French toast that we ordered. But And, and again, I but it just he he just he is. And I loved it about him. It was like he's very he said, effusive. He said on, I think it was the pre-show to SummerSlam, that it was such a weird feeling for him to be sitting, eating, and listening to essentially an episode of DC and Doc Talk. Uh, your camera shut out again. Um, listening to an episode of DC and Doc Talk, like essentially being recorded live. And I would agree with that. It was weird to be sitting there eating my Nutella French toast and hear him and hear Chip and all of that, uh, but I have to say I I enjoyed it, and I don't think you're there anymore. Oh, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. You got super quiet. Yeah, sorry. Uh, you were probably fussing with your camera. Yeah, um, I, I've given up on that. I think. Okay, but yes. So um, it was it was great to see them. Chip came as advertised. Yeah, I mean, so Chip was I, as chipper as I wanted him to be. Chip was. Everything that I expected. And it was great. Like, I, I, you know, I imagined greeting Jason, who was one of the first people that I really connected with on social media. So after three or four years of talking to be able to actually embrace him as men do, which is even worse than I intended it to be. Um but uh, that was good. And to be able to walk to the table and the first thing I did was hand chip the bottle of ketchup and he reacted strongly. And I was just like, this is going to be a great breakfast. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself. I know so. you get out 
uh, so infrequently, then I'm glad this could be a positive experience for you and maybe it, it could help great. reintegrate you into, you know, functioning society in some way. If, so that was wonderful. If, if the New Age Insiders or Liam or Bill or Chip or Dylan is ever passing this way again, they know how to reach me. They know how to reach us. I would gladly repeat that breakfast. We were the, There were 90s references. And, and I, I mentioned this to Mrs. Matthews when I got home. I grew up with very fair weather wrestling fans. I was the hardcore fan. I was the one that, you know, kind of kept people came to watch wrestling at my house because it was a kind of a social gathering that I happened to have at my house. But I was the only one who really paid super attention to it. Then we got to college. I met you. I kind of reintroduced you to that. GQ and Brian kind of watched it. But again, I felt like they watched it when they were over. They didn't watch it all the way because Mrs. GQ won't let him watch wrestling and all of that. So to be able to sit there and have five or six people all contribute productively to a wrestling conversation is something I have not experienced, and I enjoyed it very much. So thank you to them if they are listening. Very much appreciate it. Thank you to you for coming. I, you know, you said, I think at, you half expected to wake up in the morning and there was a message from me canceling because that kind of is, I won't say it's my, well, no, I guess it is my modus operandi. It's just kind of <laughs> changed my mind at the last minute. Yeah. But I half expected you to be like, uh, you know. Now, now, now. Mm. I'm in. When I commit to something, I'm in. Well, it was a good time. I enjoyed it very much. Um, SummerSlam all around. SummerSlam weekend. All around. I have here our predictions. You won. Yeah. Not yeah. that it's a contest. Stop Stop tweeting just because, oh, well, you know, Doug Manson, he had one more match, but that's, one of those was a title match that I got to win. I got called it a tie. Not a tie. I win. That Say it. That like a drunk Kermit the Frog. Say it. Say it again. You, you got 12 out of 17 right. I got 11 out of 17 right. I am just, I am Which means saying... What? Which means that you won. You yes. predicted, you predicted more matches than I did. The only thing I am saying, though, is when it no, comes to no, champions. Stop, stop. I don't care about the rest of that statement. It's Natalia. She won it for me. Natalia made it happen. Well, uh, in all fairness to me, I said if she did win, I mean, I, I, I posited the scenario where she was going to win. So I, I feel yes. like I get at least half credit on that. But then you said that Carmella would cash in, and she did not. I get at least half credit because I, I, I get, okay. I put forward the scenario where she was going to win. Either way, Doc, you win. I All agree. Right. Thank you. Um, I don't want to go in order because we could break this apart in a hundred different ways. Um, since we last did this podcast, NXT Takeover, SummerSlam, Raw. SmackDown. There's been literally an entire week of wrestling that has transpired. What sticks out to you? Right off the top of your head, the biggest, either the biggest story or the thing that just sticks out to you is what? Um, possibly literally, Asuka's collarbone. That is true. She did suffer an injury in that match. Did you enjoy the match? I assume you might. Actually, no, I know you did because we talked about it at breakfast. But, um, it was a very good match, yes. So she has suffered a collarbone injury. 
Uh, I believe she tweeted something about how she is going to, she's not going to wind up forfeiting the title. She's going to continue holding the belt, um, assuming that she can rehab enough in the next couple of months to make it to what I would assume would be the next takeover. Um, what are your thoughts? The thoughts on the injury, thoughts on her future? Because again, the question that seems to be a big discussion point, where does she go from here? I assume, again, she pulls the Kevin Owens, goes to the main roster with the NXT women's title in tow. I mean, I think that's the only thing you can do at this point, unless you're going to do something with the winner of the Mae Young Women's Classic, which, I mean, obviously, it seems obvious anyways that they haven't done anything around that yet, but they could in the next short period of time. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, well, all things considered, though, I mean, I don't think her taking the next six weeks off due to injury is a big deal. Um, I mean, it is to some extent, but at the same time, the way they tape NXT, I honestly think sometime during the last 500 days of her title reign that there is probably a point in time in which she did not appear on at least four weeks, four consecutive weeks of television. So... I don't really think it's that big of a stretch um, in this instance for her to be out rehabbing this injury and not not actively defending the title. I, I think you're right, because if she appears on TV, whether or not her arm's in a sling or whatever, she you know, she's still the ch- and on a 60-minute show. That can happen. Like, she can be, you know, she could essentially do what Mil Muertes did at the beginning of Season 2 of Lucha Underground. And just, you know, she could have a seat on the stage where she's watching the other women compete. Sure. And she's still looming over the show. Um, You know, I know that with the Cruiserweight Classic, the belt came. We didn't know about the belt until close to the finals. Like, we didn't know that they were going to crown a Cruiserweight champion. They kind of sprung that on us. Right. I don't know that they can do that. And with, you know, by saying whomever wins the Mae Young Classic becomes the NXT Women's Champion because the belt's already established. And then what does that say about Ember Moon, Peyton Royce, Billy Kay, all of Nikki Cross? Well, you know, I don't think necessarily they become the champion, but they could do it where, okay, they won this tournament. Asuka's been looking for competition. You get, they get a title shot. the title shot at the next takeover. If you wanted to immediately green light whomever they're going to decide to win, whether it's the Japanese pirate girl whose name I don't know, or Rachel Ellering, or whoever else it's going to be, you have that person in their, you know, in their fourth or fifth match in the WWE company beat Asuka. Sure. It's not Ember Moon, who I don't know. You know, a lot of people think that based on TakeOver, she's now ready. It's not necessarily any of these other people. It's... You know, all of a sudden, even if it's a fluke, she's done it. I, I, this I don't know. I felt since day one, Ember Moon was the most logical choice. I think there's been a period of time now where that's become less obvious and logical of a choice. Because obviously, I think some of the um, initial excitement around the character has not borne out the way that I you know, initially thought it would. But I do think that we're coming back. I think that path is you know, beginning to converge again where I could see a scenario in which it makes sense for Ember Moon to take that title from Asuka. If she were to win at, <coughs> excuse me, at the next takeover, I think that would be fine. 
She's had three shots. Each time she's gotten a little closer, there's a story there. Yeah. She finally overcame that last great obstacle, wins the title. Um, I got a lot of flack on Twitter because I tweeted out something just in a sarcastic way being like, why are her eyes suddenly now green? What yeah. is What is, you know... What does that mean for the character? How are they explaining that? Does she have some sort of special powers when her eyes are green? And I got a lot of, oh, just shut up and enjoy the show. And I'm like, obviously, I'm not being serious. But if you're going to give her colored contacts that change, you know, is there a storyline behind it or is it just. You know what I would like? I would would like I would like for them to just come out and say, oh, I wore different colored contacts. Because I don't think they've ever acknowledged anyone with strange colored eyes as wearing contacts uh, in the company. So I just want her to just to come out and be like, oh, yeah, I just felt like wearing green. Yeah. Kane has always had two colored eyes, and I don't think they've ever explained it. Viscera, I think at one point, had white eyes, and they never really explained that except he was the Dark Ministry character. Either way. Um, speaking, my biggest take away from... NXT would be, of course, Adam Cole, Bebe, and this faction of him and Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly that everyone feels like was the biggest. Mm. I mean, I agree with you. It's definitely probably the biggest development in the WWE the last three months. I mean, a major um, repackaging, a, a brand new gimmick for Heath Slater. I mean, you know, they just they let him keep the tagline. Um, so we would recognize him in the role, but this new like darkest timeline Heath Slater referring to him as Adam Cole, I think it's brilliant. I I think yes, you know, Jinder got his chance, uh, Drew Galloway McIntyre, if you will. He he's now the NXT champion. I, I think it is Heath's time, and I am a hundred and ten percent behind this latest development. I'm so glad. Two points on this. Yes. Number one, a lot of people are like, this is the biggest thing to happen to NXT ever. I don't agree. <laughs> I don't even know who two of those guys are. So I feel like Kevin Owens, his night was head and shoulders above Adam Cole's night. I think so. Because let me put it this Kevin way. Owens. I don't yeah. know. Do you pay attention at all? There's, there's a, um, there. I guess you might call him a dirt sheet, but uh, guy. But he's a journalist, one of the bigger journalists in the wrestling sort of community. Dave Meltzer. Are you familiar with Dave Meltzer? I uh, Dave Meltzer and the Wrestling Observer. Yes, I give him six stars. Okay. Um. So there was a thing that I was reading earlier today. You know, there was somebody commenting to him on Twitter saying, "Man, I was talking to some idiot and." Uh, they were trying to tell me that, you know, Jinder Mahal's a bigger star than Okada. And, man, what a, what an idiot Mark. And Dave replied, well, I mean, in terms of worldwide he exposure, he is. you can't argue that he's not. And that's 100% the case. I think it applies to exactly what you're talking about here, where you can tell me, this is the biggest thing that ever happened to NXT. Okay, and maybe it is. For you, for you personally, I'm not going to discount your feelings. You're super excited about this. You know who these guys are. Maybe they've got a long history. They're maybe the three hottest independent wrestlers in the world today. I don't know. But I don't think it's as big of a deal as you think it is. No. 
uh, you know, like I said, Kevin Owens not only had the moment where he attacked the brand new champion, but he did it better. And he had a match to begin the show. And yeah, I mean, what you could happened? argue I'm not an indie guy. You could argue, oh, Doc, you're out of touch with the with the true wrestling scene. You don't know who's hot and who's not. But I'll tell you this: I've heard when when he came to the company, I knew who Kevin Steen was. Well, and you probably knew who Prince Devitt was. Yes, and you might have even known who Kento was. I've heard the name Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. I have so, heard so, the name Red Dragon, but I don't yep. think I could have told you who the other guy in that was. Yeah. So this is why I like it, because I love Kyle O'Reilly and I love Adam Cole. So don't get me wrong. As a mark, quote unquote, I'm super excited about this because I like both of these guys. Bobby Fish is great, too. And this is going to be fun to watch and see what happens. This is the closest thing we've had to a takeover or an invasion but i don't necessarily know what that is people i think are assuming this is a, the ring of honor invasion even jason Maltov was talking about whether or not they're going to add potentially a fourth guy and he has an idea of who he'd like that to be and while that would be great i think we're putting the cart before the horse in sort in terms of assuming that that's what's going to happen this is the formation of a group and it's a good group but at the same time, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish weren't even tag-teaming in Ring of Honor last I watched. Kyle O'Reilly was the Ring of Honor champion. Bobby Fish was challenging for the TV title. Red Dragon essentially wasn't even a thing. Okay. So I'm glad they're reformed. They are better as a tag team than they are as singles, especially when you throw Adam Cole into the mix. But I, you know, I'm... What is, want... what is the core with a K? The... Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, okay. I I saw that as an acro. I thought it was an acronym, not not initials. As I was wondering if that was like something else, like the three of them had previously gone. No, by. but no, Kyle O'Reilly. That makes perfect sense. Yes, I didn't Kyle, realize it. I thought you meant the core, like Wade Barrett's group yeah, from like no, 2010, no. 2011. I'm like, I thought that was with a C. The I was Cora. confused when I saw that, but oh, Kyle yes. O'Reilly. See, see, yes. that's how unfamiliar I am with these guys. I didn't even make but that connection. You know, and it's also the fact that we saw Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly in NXT, if you watch. They both wrestled and lost to Aleister Black. So it's like we saw them as singles. And so, again, super glad that they're back. They attacked Sanity. That was perfect. Yep. The show ended nicely. But at the same time, I'm like, let's slow down a bit. This is not the best thing since sliced bread. Let's wait and see where they go with it. If it's really going to be an invasion angle, I'll be curious to see what happens. But... Let's just kind of slow down. Let's celebrate it, but let's keep relatively low expectations because, and I don't mean to get super negative here. I'm still excited. I'm still positive about it, but this is a great situation for if WWE doesn't do exactly what all of these excited fans want, they're going to get cranky quickly. And let's let's talk about this for a second because um, it's sort of related. Yeah, okay. I'm excited that there's these new guys in the company. And yeah, while I don't know who they are, I don't have that that pull. I'm excited to see three new independent guys who I don't know who now are able to prove themselves to me. They can go out there, give me some awesome television, and maybe you know I'll be surprised and I'll be digging it and I'll and I'll, I'll love it 100. Great. I'm looking forward to that. But let's not allow something else to be eclipsed here. Um, Bobby Roode has been the NXT champion for some time. 
we now have a new NXT champion. And, you know, Drew McIntyre, like him, dislike him, preconceived thoughts or not, I, for one, am looking forward to seeing what they do with a Drew McIntyre NXT champion reign. I want to see what happens there. He did very quickly become an afterthought, didn't he? He sure did. And it's not really fair to him. It's it's not fair to him. And here's the other thing. I don't think any other NXT champion has ever been an afterthought. So I'm guessing creatively they don't intend for him to be an afterthought. I'm guessing creatively they don't intend him to be in the company. And by company, I mean NXT long term. Right now, and again. I'm making booking decisions based on one night. I'm guessing he loses to Adam Cole at either the next takeover or even sooner. And by Survivor Series or the Rumble, he's by the Rumble, he's back in WWE. He would be a logical choice to make his return at the Royal Rumble, actually. Okay. You know, I just Sami Zayn wasn't an afterthought because. The fans were super bought into that character, and he was betrayed by his best friend. You knew that was going to continue. Mm -hmm. Yep. Obviously, Drew McIntyre is going to take issue with Adam Cole doing what Adam Cole did, but I'm not sure where this goes. I also want to say, speaking of afterthoughts, Roderick Strong. Who? Cassius Cassius Ono. Oh, no! It's difficult to do when I can't see you. Um, But both of those guys in the company, one was in the main event scene. Cassius Ono hasn't, I believe, touched the main event scene yet. But they keep getting pushed to the back of the line. Aleister Black is already probably ahead of both of them. And now Adam Cole's in the picture. There you are. And now Adam Cole's in the picture. So it makes you wonder... You know, what happens to them? Neither of them were on the show. Roderick Strong was in the stands with Kurt Angle. I didn't see Cassius Ono once. So, no, it I am curious as to the future of NXT. I think we're entering an era. There's a lot of talent there. The show should be very good. Oh, yeah. I'm looking quite forward to seeing how NXT develops over the next few months. But, th- but there are questions. Let's move to SummerSlam. And again, I'll ask you the same thing. Uh either from SummerSlam itself or from the uh, shows that we've seen this week from WWE, Raw, and SmackDown Live, what stands out to you? Well, I'll start with SummerSlam. Um, As we expected, and as I was pleasantly surprised to have, you know, my thoughts confirmed, uh, the Fatal 4-Way main event was really good. Braun Strowman. Like could be perhaps the best character I've seen since I could say since coming back to watching on a full-time basis. I made the comment on Twitter. They mentioned it on NAI pod. He strikes me as the most organically over guy since Brock Lesnar when Brock Lesnar started. Sure. Wrestling fans love to see Big, strong guys tossing people around. Go ahead. Braun Strowman is everything that the WWE tried 
to manufacture with Roman Reigns. Yes. And I think part of it is Braun Strowman is a monster. No matter how many times you can say it, Michael Cole, Roman Reigns does not weigh 300 pounds. Right. On multiple occasions, he was talking about how these four 300-pound behemoths were fighting each other. And I'm like, no, it's three 300-pound behemoths and one guy who's maybe 270 with the vest. Yeah. Maybe he's too set. But, you know, honestly, that match was awesome. As much as I enjoyed Asuka and Ember Moon, which, again, I think that, for me, was the best match of TakeOver. Um, Okay. You know, very, very frequently, very frequently, TakeOver ends up having the match of the weekend uh, for me when these, you know, pay-per-views align like that. Uh, But this, that was not the case. SummerSlam, that main event, was worth the wait. Wait, and it was definitely for me the match of that weekend. And I love, I love, love, love that the main event can change your entire impression. And I know people have talked about this before. If you ended the show with gender beating Shinsuke, if that had been it, people would have been like, this is the worst SummerSlam I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. Instead, they throw that crazy, raucous, fatal four way which was possibly perfect. And people were like, you know what? This was a pretty good one. Like, you know, like people, you know, they're not saying it's the best one ever, but they're certainly, you forget mm-hmm. that Enzo Amore slathered himself in oil, slithered out of the cage only to get kicked in the face and do nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we get too far into SummerSlam, I want to give a little bit of props to Johnny Gargano and Cian Almas. Excellent that was match. my favorite match of the night. Well, you're wrong, jo- but it was the, I, it was I the runner-up. Am. I probably am. Full disclosure, wasn't paying super attention to Asuka Ember Moon. Probably missed a lot of the storytelling elements that sh- I should have been, been keyed up on. But that match was great, and I love the fact that Johnny Gargano is going to be haunted by Tommaso Ciampa's memory until Ciampa gets back. It's a nice piece of storytelling yes. that... You know, it's it not only is it nice because it, it's foreshadowing. It it tells us about where Johnny Gargano. It it's honestly probably the best piece of writing, the best storyline currently ongoing, uh, in yeah. my opinion. It's great, and they've barely it's done really anything great. with it. But it's it's really good. But it's but what it's nice is because you see with NXT as much as I criticize NXT for not being long enough. They can prove that if the writing is superb, you don't need And much. again, that writing's not even superb. It's not like there was any promos that were written. It was just, no. in this particular it's case, storytelling. Someone storytelling. Th- right, somebody threw a t-shirt into the ring, and it just it meant something. Throwing the t-shirt and him sitting there, a defeated man, looking at the t-shirt. Just that image. Again. Pictures are worth a thing. That, that's a saying for a reason. That's a big piece of the story. I'd like to point right out, going back to the neighborhood draft, that uh, in our draft group, I drafted Johnny Gargano with the intention of building my company around him. And did I feel justified. You, did, did we ever do no. the show where you explained the logic? This always happens. The draft ends and everyone forgets about it and nobody does any of the part, which is <laughs> fine because by now, anybody other than you sends me the writing. I'm not going to read it. Um, all right. 
So yes, the main event of SummerSlam was great. Uh, I had no problem with Jinder beating Shinsuke. Uh, I, no. I all, wish. <laughs> all night GQ was telling me, oh, Shinsuke's going to win. It's the right oh, time. Shinsuke's going to win. Shinsuke's going to win. And I was just like, I'm sorry, but there is no way. He's like, oh, you'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Sorry, GQ. I know you're listening. And I'm sorry, man, but it there was no way. There was no way. It, it was not the right time. Jinder is doing gangbusters in India. Would I have liked the finisher to look like a finisher? Sure. Yes. Could they have salvaged that? Sure. But really, no one's ever going to watch that moment again. Shinsuke got to destroy the Singh brother, so obviously the story is not over. So, again, I had no problem with it. Yeah. If you really thought that Jinder Mahal was going to lose the title before going to the India tour, I would question your foresight and just forward thinking fair enough he might lose it the day they get back from the tour we need gq to defend his honor he needs to come on and defend his honor well maybe he'll be free tomorrow he can bring little gq and he can defend his honor on a podcast that we do tomorrow (laughs) um we have new that this was a night of title changes new cruiserweight champion new smackdown tag team champions New women's champions on both brands. New tag champions on both brands. New tag champions and women's champions on both brands. New cruiserweight champion. Uh, I suppose that's it. So all the the lower tier titles changed hands. Any one of those stand out to you? Um, I'm trying to remember. Sheamus and Cesaro lost the titles to who? The Wonder Twins. Oh, right. The Shield. Um, yeah, not really. I mean, the cruiserweight belt, <clears throat> that trading back and forth inside of a week, I hate when they do that. So uh, I'm not going to say that. The tag titles, I mean, Shield was, I guess, fairly obvious that was the way they were going. Um The New Day and the Usos, again, that one to me sort of just feels like these teams have now been feuding forever and trading the title back and forth is meaningless. I meant I meant to do this. I meant to look on ProFight. They probably haven't been feuding for that long, but it feels like it's been forever. I would like to know the last time a different team wrestled. It feels like it's been at least a month since any other team. You know, Brizongo hasn't been wrestling. The Ascension hasn't been wrestling. When was the last time a tag team not named... New Day or the Usos wrestled on a SmackDown show. Yeah, I mean, we, I don't we have know. a new. We have. I don't know if it's new, really been that long, but I, I don't know. We have this new team. Shelton Benjamin made his long-awaited return. They paired him with slightly better Charlie Haas and Chad Gable. Um, so apparently, they're going to be a team. I liked uh, Shelton Benjamin's hesitation. It suggests to me that they are just going to completely. Uh, redo the Jason Jordan, Chad Gable, uh, you know, origin story from NXT to sort of get the audience acclimated to Chad Gable. That does seem like that's where they're heading. Either that or Shelton's going to turn heel right away and this is going to be the feud that gets everyone used to Chad Gable. Maybe. But, but again, you know, I don't know how long memories, like a casual fan, are they going to remember Shelton Benjamin? No. No. I, mean, I don't think so. I don't think. I mean, the last time Shelton Benjamin was around, 
his last gimmick was what Shelton's mama. So yeah. I don't. That's going back a ways. There's there's a whole generation of fans who have never seen this man perform at this yeah. point. And he's arguably one of the best athletes we've ever seen. And I don't imagine he's going. That's going to change. I still imagine he's going to put on some great matches, but being a great wrestler doesn't necessarily mean anything. So, but again, we'll see. Uh, his last two thousand ten. His last. Uh, so that was seven years ago, which, yeah. by Disney's definition, is a generation. His he was released along with this was the post WrestleMania releases, Jimmy Wang Yang, Funaki, Mickey James, Katie Lee Birchill, and Slam Master J. They've brought back the correct members from that group. They will not be completed until I get me some Jimmy Wang Yang. Because is he not that, around? I thought he was doing some backstage stuff. He showed up like backstage to visit people, and while the gimmick was silly, that guy, again, ridiculous athlete, one of the prettiest moonsaults I've ever seen. It was a thing of beauty. And Funaki um, currently commentates, right? Funaki does kind of, he is on the Japanese commentary team. Right, so, um, like I said, they brought back, I think, the right ones, so. And Slam Master J, I believe, is dead. I could be wrong, though. I should look that oh. up. Like, that's not oh, what I no. meant. Oh, no, that's his dad. Sorry. Th- that was Jesse of Jesse and Fe- Festus. My apologies to Ray Gordy and the Gordy family. You are not dead. Your father, Terry Gordy, did pass away. I do that's these days sort of wonder whatever happened to Festus. I don't know. I, I You haven't seen him in a while. No. All right. Uh, Bobby Roode is on SmackDown. Let's, let's try to get through all these things because we still have emails. Bobby Roode's on SmackDown. Your thoughts? Glorious. I mean, is he a good guy now? I don't know. He doesn't seem like it, but, but they attacked, did have like, a very odd pairing for his match. Like I enjoyed it. It, it kind of made sense to go against it in English, but I'm like, wait a second. I think they figured, especially since they were still in the Barclay Center, that um, he was going to get cheered. So why fight it? That's probably a smart way of doing it, actually. Yeah. Um, John Cena has moved to Raw. He got his face off with Roman Reigns. Do you think he wrestles Roman Reigns at this No Mercy pay-per-view coming up? Who? John Cena. Wrestles who? Roman Reigns. I haven't heard of either of these guys. (laughs) They should probably go back to Ring of Honor. (laughs) Speaking of which, who had the worst week? Yeah. Baron Corbin or Big Cass? (sighs) I'm going to give it to Corbin be- for having the worst week only because big Cass is weak while bad was sort of random. Mm-hmm. I feel like Baron's week was orchestrated against him. It really was. I would give it to Corbin because big Cass will get another shot when he comes back in nine months. He sure will. I don't know that Baron Corbin's still in the company months now let me ask you who really got had the worst week was it either those two guys or was it enzo who you know slathered himself in baby oil squeezed out of a cage immediately got big booted and then debuted on 205 live no it's corbin because (laughs) that the 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 baby oil in the cage 
which again, when you put those two words to phrases together, sounds bad. Um, it makes me think that was a great about all great, sorts of things. That was a great moment. And had he done something with it, it would have probably salvaged that match from a garbage fire to at least a pretty garbage fire. Like, I'm like, was he supposed to jump on Cass? Did he mit- like, like, I well, didn't. The thing was, once he slathered <laughs> himself in the lubricant, um, I was one scared because, okay, he slipped out of those bars, but I was like, getting down from there now has got to be perilous. He's not going to be able to hold on well. And he actually held on much better than I had anticipated. He put gloves on. Yeah. Like he actually put gloves on. That must be why. But again, um, I've never seen that before. I'm sure probably Jim Cornette back in his heyday, probably even without the lubricant because he was a little skinny guy, managed to squeeze between the bars of a cage. But he started putting the oil on, and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to shimmy through the cage. And I expected him to just drop onto Cass's back and start punching him. And again, he would have just slid right off. He would have had problems if he tried to do that. (laughs) I suppose that's true. (laughs) So let me ask Um, you another question about Big Cass. Because obviously I've heard a report that it's a possible torn ACL. Um, And MCL. Oh, MCL. The report I read is both. Ooh. Okay, um, so I'm not a big sports guy. How long is the projected um... nine at at least nine months? And the problem is, tall guys and knee injuries tend to stick around. He maybe so, like, wants to call up Kevin Nash and get some advice. Yeah, and Kevin Nash. Well, but see, Kevin Nash is with muscular. Like I don't remember Kevin Nash having ligament issues. He just tore his quad every five seconds. This is. I don't know if it's better or worse. Right. I Again, I like to think that these things, there are silver linings to these things. And the silver lining for this is he was not going to do anything major of note. I do feel like, in all seriousness, like, and I, again, I hate to praise it this way because of the injury to Cass, which is unfortunate. But the biggest winner coming out of that entire situation was Enzo. Like... Cass getting injured in that match. I don't know if it was the plan for Enzo to go over or not. Something tells me it was not. No. So Enzo winning that match almost makes his move to 205 seem somehow triumphant. um, Yes. In a way that, again, probably was not intended. And I think he benefits from, at least to me, in, in the short term, in my imagination. Yes. Well, because the storyline, if he loses, is I've lost, I've tried to wrestle the big boys and I've lost every single time. So now I'm coming here. Right. Now Now he gets to say, I toppled a freaking giant. Yes. Yeah. And again, I have no problem with him being on 205 Live. It is shot. I think I tweeted this. It is shockingly logical to actually have one of your wrestlers at under 205 pounds. Notice Kalisto is not there. He's on Raw, but never, he's not a cruiserweight. Never heard of him. Um, so here's another question for you, though. Just thinking back to, like, you know, I don't know exactly what the time frame is, but let's say a year ago, year and a half ago. Don't you think that it's really strange when you think back to, you know, their careers in NXT? Do you think 
you would probably tell me I, I, I had been sipping the crazy sauce. I had I had gone to backdoor donuts and backdoored <laughs> a few too many uh, delightful uh, delectables. If I told you that, you know, coming out of NXT, that the most successful person on the main roster out of Enzo, Cass, and Carmella would be Carmella. You would have thought I was the craziest person in the world, probably. Probably. But at the same time, now, but again, this is hindsight. Right. WWE has proven time and time again that they don't really value tag teams and they always can use more women talent. Yeah. But again, the fact that she's holding the brief, that's because, you know, and it's it's saying something that she's the winner of that because she's holding the briefcase. Yeah. I applaud she's Carmella. she's wearing a swimsuit from like the 1950s. I mean, they, what happened is Lana Lena stopped wrestling so they, you know, gave her gear to someone else. I always got to save that money, money. That's right. Um, let's see. Any other major news? Rusev sucks. I don't believe that, but they do. So. <laughs> no, no, didn't you hear? It's it's just, it's the beginning of the feud. No, it's not. No, it's not. They, 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 needed, they needed to give Orton a major a major win because he he's lost at this last several pay-per-views. So we, they had to build Orton up quickly. And, and now this gives Rusev reason to be angry. And, and they're going to have a feud that's going to last for the next four pay-per-views, which I have no doubt Rusev uh, will come out on top looking strong. No, no, he won't. The Pope no. is down. <laughs> the Pope. The Pope is the, the 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 towel hat has fallen off. You said you were going to go down with the Rusev ship, and so I just want you to admit it here on this show. I am now that, at the bottom of the ocean, yeah. looking yeah. for the snorkel yeah. or the scuba gear, because again, and he when he came out without the uh, ring entrance, I was like, okay, this is exciting, and then the beating kept going, and I went, oh god, the bell's it's over. Ring. The bell's going to ring, one RKO, and that's it. And sure enough, the bell rang, one RKO, and I, I, I rage quit at that point. I got up, and I walked out of the room, cursing under my breath, because I was just like, of course you did. The one thing, yeah, he looked great for like half a second, and then sucked monkey balls. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a, a turn of phrase that I've ever heard you use prior. Well, that's how frustrated I am. Okay. Um, all right. So we're heading down, you know, it was a good pay-per-view. We're getting Braun versus Brock at the next Raw show. Obviously, we'll probably continue the gender Shinsuke feud because SmackDown doesn't have a pay-per-view until October. Wow. I believe their next pay-per-view is Hell in a Cell, interestingly enough. I don't okay. know if we're I don't know if we're gonna see Jinder versus Shinsuke in the cell. I don't know if we're going to see Owens versus Shane in the cell. That would kind well, of be the direction that it seems to be going. I think our luck. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Because now Owens supposedly doesn't get another title shot against Styles. So, yeah, maybe that is where they're going. I enjoyed the comment of you fall off buildings and get back up. Whatever. <laughs> Just, why couldn't you come over here and count why, three? Yeah. Why? 
does the announced team even talk during Kevin Owens' matches? Do what Jerry Lawler did in the 90s and just give him a microphone. Yeah, I agree. Uh, any other major events from SummerSlam or the shows after that you need to mention? We talked about Cass's injury. Cena's on Raw. Rude's on SmackDown. Shelton's on SmackDown. It just sort of seems like nobody talked about it that this way, but you know they did a little bit of a mini superstar shakeup. They did with some call ups and a return. You know, you had one NXT call up, you had one return of a old veteran, and you had one swap. And they yep. justified it by saying John Cena equals Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, absolutely. A transitive property. Equals. I mean, everybody knows that. Ain't no stopping him. No. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> oh, man. Happy birthday, Vince McMahon, by the way. I know people won't listen to this till the day after, but it is Thursday. It is Vince McMahon's 72nd birthday. He's old. He is, but he's still going strong. Well, he's still going by, all right. And by going strong, I mean making decisions people disagree with. Well, let's oh, face uh, it. Everybody's always going to disagree with any decision made by this company. We forgot the biggest feud, the biggest moment of the feud, uh, Cesaro versus the beach ball. Ha! That was good. That was very good. And what did you think about, um, I, I just, I don't think it's really important, but I'd be remiss not to mention it. What did you think about Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt? I thought they did a nice job meshing the beard with the paint. They definitely trimmed the beard up a little bit. And other than that, it went exactly as we expected it to. Finn Balor reintroduced the demon and as a reward, wrestled Jason Jordan on Raw. So not only is Bray Wyatt now not going to get major wins... Even his springboarding guys to higher status means nothing. Finn Balor should have been the one to go to SmackDown. Yeah. He doesn't fit. Roman Reigns, Samoa Joe, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman. Finn Balor is never going to fit that mold. He's the first universal champion. I don't know what you're talking about. He and never even put, got a rematch. And if you put him on the brand with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, AJ Styles... It would be great. He could be a multi-time world champion. What is Dolph Ziggler doing? What is... Um... He's reintroducing it. Like, I don't understand what that was. Listen, if you're a Dolph Ziggler fan and you think this is going to be the one, the time that, like, just, just stop. It's... He's either going to form a team with Mike Kanellis or feud with Mike Have Kanellis. we seen Mike Kanellis? Mike Kanellis? Have we seen him recently? Show? No. That's we were so positive. What happened? <laughs> it was a great weekend, and there are still a couple of things that are just confusing. Like you know, again, I, although I suppose next week you have the Fashion Files return in whatever form it will be, and you have Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable. So SmackDown should be good. Raw should be good because Braun's on there and Brock's there. I enjoyed on SmackDown this week when uh, Kevin Owens was looking for a referee and Fandango and Breeze came up and said, oh, we'll totally do that. And he was like, no, 
get the hell out of here. <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. So we lo- there's a lot of this that we like, and there are just we just point out questions. We just point out questions, and I get disappointed because the wrestlers who somewhat look like me aren't getting a shot. Rusev, Bray Wyatt, Arn Anderson. None of them getting title shots in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't Emails? think I could pull off. Oh, yeah. I don't think I could pull off a Kevin Owens look. I mean, you could totally put on some gym shorts and a t-shirt. Thank you. <laughs> DDTWrestling at gmail.com. Our first email. Actually, this is our second email. And oddly enough. Our only email. No, we've got two. No, the other one's for um, DC and Doc Talk. It's right in the, it's in the title. Oh, okay. Nope, you're right. Our first and only email, ddtwrestling at gmail.com, comes to us from our bestie, the bestest of the besties, Glenn. Hi, guys. Sorry this may be too late for this week's show. It's not. But I was wondering if you will both be watching the May Young Classic and doing a show on it. Thanks for the applause last week. Thanks again, Glenn. At G.A. Russellnut. Are you going to watch the May Young Classic? I am going to watch the May Young Classic. I don't know when it's actually airing, so I don't... They're going to release four episodes on Monday. I don't know if they're going to wait and release them after Raw. I don't know if it's just going to be Monday morning. But they're releasing four episodes, which should be the entire first round, on Monday. Okay, so here's the thing. A lot of people, I think, really liked what we did with the Cruiserweight Classic. And I have heard since then, every time something comes up, like the UK thing, people asked us if we were going to do a commentary track for that. Um, When, you know, Lucha Underground finally did show up on Netflix, people asked if we were going to do commentary track for that first season. I actually think that people would like it if we did do something for the May Young Classic. So I don't know about you. I don't know if you're game or not, but I think I would be game for doing a, a talk over that show like we did for the cruiserweights. I love the idea. My question is they released it one hour a week. Like it, it went over time. Yep. So we were able, they're going to release four shows right away. And I don't know. So here's my problem. After that, are they doling them out one at a time? I don't know. And the reason why I can't tell you is because if I look it up, there is a very good chance I will get spoiled. Right. Right. So I'm trying to keep, myself spoiler free the only thing i know is that two of the two women who should be locks for the quarterfinals or semifinals are wrestling each other in the first round and that bothers me but that's neither here nor there um i don't so know i don't know speaking of the may young classic don't have to get off topic but apparently on his podcast this week i don't know if you saw this uh jr was talking about his experience commentating for the may young classic okay. and um Apparently, this past weekend, they had to completely re-record 16 episodes worth of commentary. Did he say why? No, he did not. He Well, he did. He huh. what, what he said was they wanted to present something in a different way. And so either that means they've changed something about what the winner of this tournament gets or 
this is the pessimist in me. Lita was terrible on commentary. Well, I thought also Alundra Blaze was supposed to be on commentary, and I only watched a couple of minutes of Bracketology, and it wasn't good. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what what's what's the plan. This is a very I'm excited for it, but at the same time I'm nervous because this is one of those things where if this doesn't come across well, not only could we lose potential future tournaments, but this could also sour people ups on my, women's wrestling. My concern with this is the Cruiserweight Classic, I think, had you know, a fervor around it. People were looking very forward to that. They ate it up. They loved it. I think to a similar extent, there was a great deal of excitement around the UK, um, you know, event that they did, even though that was presented very differently. Um, but having now seen what they've done with the cruiserweights in the aftermath of that classic, having seen what they've done or not done really with the UK uh, scene since that, event i don't know like i don't mean to be overly negative here but if at this point if anybody's expecting anything grand to come out of the may young classic i i don't know what to tell you other than look at the track record and that that makes me feel a little down about the whole thing a little bit i think actually in terms of the the fans perception People have relatively realistic expectations. I don't think anyone's really thinking we're going to get an all-female show. Um, Even with the success of Glow on Netflix and all of that sort of thing. I don't think that's what people are expecting. I think people are expecting this is going to bolster the women's roster. Because whether or not they send some of the top stars to the main roster right away... Or they just send a handful to NXT, which allows the Peytons, the Embers, the whatever, to move up. It's going to add depth. And I think as long as it adds depth, people are going to be happy. I don't even think any of that's going to happen. At this point, I'm I'm viewing it more as a one-off. Because, honestly, the the main roster, the women's rosters, are... They're saturated. They, They can't... They don't have enough time to feature anyone else without somebody falling into the background. I mean, at this point, when is the last time Becky Lynch and admittedly other things have been going on or Charlotte have done anything of note on SmackDown? Like they don't have room for more depth in that division. There just isn't time to feature anyone else. Not on SmackDown because it's a two hour show. So, you know, right now they have one storyline going, which is the Natty Naomi storyline with Carmella kind of forming not necessarily a B plot, but she's adjacent to that. At least on Raw, you've got the women's title. And then as sad as it is, the B plot for the women is Emma getting destroyed. I guess that current that currently is the B story. But 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 that is a thing that's just going to go away. Um but yes, but there still will be time for a secondary story. And you might be right, but I have to imagine. But even the if there is time, there is time for a secondary story. But when's the last time, again, Emma did anything of note? When did Dana Brooke do anything of note? Where is, my, where is Alicia Fox? My response would be 
what WWE should do, and this is kind of cruel of me, is you either repurpose some of these women or you get rid of them. Because if you, I think when we watch the Mae Young Classic, we're going to name at least four women, if not more, who we think make more sense on the main roster, and they might take the spaces. And again, you're going to have to figure out how to get them screen time, and that's a problem for another day. But if you said, we're going to take Summer Rae, Alicia Fox, Dana Brooke, they're going to be moved, either moved to NXT, released, whatever. And I understand Dana Brooks had some personal stuff going on this week. I'm not trying to pile on. Um, but you replace them with Maya Yim or, Maya Yim or whatever, or Dakota oh. Kai or any of these three. Now, all of a sudden, your roster's a little deeper. And again, you'd have to figure out how to give them time. But at least all of the women on the roster would be talented wrestlers. So, But I don't know. Again. It's going to be interesting. Either way, to get back to Glenn's actual question, yes, we're going to watch, and yes, I think we should do something. I just don't know if we're going to be able to provide in a timely fashion full commentary tracks. We might be able to do, okay, you know, we might be able to go through one match at a time, jot down some notes, and then talk about it, but I don't know if we're going to be able to watch the whole way through and commentate like we did on the Cruiserweight class. Why not? Because you're asked that would be we're going to just manage to find four hours next week during my first week back to school and your first week with the students arriving to randomly record four shows. We're going to record like four shows tomorrow for DC and Doc Doc. Yes. And if they were there, that would be fine. If they were releasing the four shows tomorrow, I'd have no problem doing that. What are you doing? What are you doing next Saturday? I don't know. It's going to be the first weekend, probably doing laundry and trying to figure out where I put my pants. Mm -hmm. That sounds bad again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We will talk about it. We will check our schedules. We will try to figure it out. It's not happening, folks. Never mind. You get Mrs. Manson in. Get a female perspective. I will join you for as much of it as I can, but Mrs. Manson needs to be on our airwaves more often. Get her on board. All right. Get a female perspective talking about the women's tournament. All right. All right. She can We're talk about how much she likes the alpha female. We'll see. What is your piece of positivity? Besides the fact that my piece of positivity is that I am positive you need a new camera. <laughs> really? Is it gone again? Yeah, it's been gone for like six, seven minutes. But it's fine. We're almost done. So I don't care. No, right. fair enough. Uh, my piece of positivity is Asuka is the reigning, defending, undisputed NXT Women's Champion. I would like to know. Somebody needs to go back and listen to all of these shows to figure out how often Asuka is your piece of positivity. It's got to be at least close to 50%. I don't know about that. I think I, I tend to bury it up quite a bit. But, yeah, no, I mean, Asuka had a great match at TakeOver, and I will tell you, in that match, again, you said you weren't paying attention, but I will tell you, within that match, they together told a story between those ropes, and there were times when it seemed like Ember Moon was going to win that title. Um, yeah. 
I've been told by multiple people that I need to go back and watch that match more closely because it they they're nobody saying it rivaled Sasha Bailey from Takeover Brooklyn one, but a lot of people are like this was really good. Yeah. So. Yeah. My my piece of positivity, I'll go with the other obvious one. Uh Braun Strowman treated Brock Lesnar in a manner that I don't remember anyone treating him. Like, he wrestled The Undertaker, and it was great, and The Undertaker got some offense in, not during WrestleMania 30, but during that feud that happened after that. But he manhandled Brock Lesnar. Sure did. He put him through multiple tables. He did the chair spot where he threw the office chair at Samoa Joe and Roman Reigns. At one point... Uh, Brock Lesnar is being carried out on a stretcher, and Braun Strowman is just sitting on the steps mocking him. Yeah. It was like I did not want Brock Lesnar to come back. I knew he was going to, but I was like, just let Braun win. And I know this. I know this isn't going to happen. Eating it up. But if you let Braun Strowman be the guy who beats Brock Lesnar, like it makes perfect sense. I buy it. A hundred and ten percent. Like, and even if you want, even if you want Roman Reigns to ultimately be the guy who comes out on top here, I buy Roman Reigns beating Braun Strowman more so than Brock Lesnar. I know that might seem like I'm splitting hairs. What does it matter if he comes out on top eventually? But it just seems like when you're talking about this big giant reign of terror that the beast has wrought upon that division. Braun Strowman is the guy to put Brock Lesnar away. I absolutely agree. And if it's not going to happen at WrestleMania, which is fine. If you, if you, if WWE is insistent that Roman Reigns close out WrestleMania with the title, just have him beat Braun. Yep. You know what? Brock can either still be around or not. But I yes. don't think I can watch Brock Reigns at Mania again. No. But if well, you, if I can, but well, I don't yeah. want to. But if you want to tell me the match is Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns, that I think I can get behind. Yes, because when have I enjoyed Roman Reigns the most in the last few months? Feuding with Braun Strowman. When he hit him with the ambulance. <laughs> like, let that be the match where Roman Reigns is like, I will kill him if I have to. Yeah. I want, all right, yeah, I agree. All right. I agree this has been a great show. I agree that you, Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, are a fantastic person and an asset to your community. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you in person tomorrow to record some epic DC and Doc Talk episodes. Uh, Do you have anything you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? We're begging you, people. DD2Wrestling at gmail.com. And you know what? Go on iTunes. Look up DDT Wrestling. Leave us a review. We've got like 15 five stars. Let's get a couple more in there. Yes. By next week, I expect at least one new review. Yes. Come on, people. Come on, neighborhood. It takes you two minutes. Open up iTunes right now. Get on there. Leave us that review, please. Yes. All right. DD2Wrestling at gmail.com. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at DC Matthews NAI. And until we meet again, my friends, we will see you around the neighborhood.